That is the smallest amount of kids I've ever seen up here in my entire life. Is that right? I mean, even when there's like six adults here, there's usually 25 kids. So that's, you know, that's how it goes, summer. Uh, <laughs> I had an issue with my uh, surfboard this past week, a, a huge like ding on my rail, and it's because it blew off the roof of my car, and uh, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> but I need to repair it, and it's my board that I like, so I ride off in regularly. And I need to repair it, and I also need a refresh like on the, on the repair. So I'm like, okay, I've done this before, but it's, it's been a minute and let me find out how to do this properly, right? I need this repair, I gotta look it up. And so I get online and there's, you know, first it's articles and I'm like, okay, five simple steps. I'm like that's, that's too simple, that's actually, I know that's not gonna work. That's not even what I'm working on. You get on YouTube and there's guys like in shaping bays and they've got a mask on and they're working with foam and, and you know, all kinds of tools. I'm like that's too much, I don't have that, that's not gonna work for me. Other, I, others I'd click on to, like that's not it. Others I'd click on, they do the repair, I'm like that repair doesn't look that good, I'm not following that guy. And finally, I find a guy, he's in his backyard, he seems casual, you know, he has a nice board, he's, he's got you know, good comments and views. I'm like, okay, I like this guy, this, this, this guy might have some good tips for me. I skip to the end to make sure it turned out well, and it did. And I get in, I follow this guy, and it, and it turned out to be decent, a decent repair. Right? But you don't want to spend time watching somebody, learning from someone, and doesn't end up being where you want to be, going where you want to go. And YouTube, for, for instance, is an amazing tool when we're learning, right, from, from batting practice, right, from swinging a bat to QuickBooks or making a cheesesteak. It's, it's electrical work. It's gaming. You can get on there, and there's so much information, a lot of great information. Some not good inf information, but a lot of great information. Right? But it's also when you come at something with, with a need, sort of you're there because you need to learn something or there's, a, there's sort of a deficiency in your knowledge somewhere. You want to find someone. There's a baseline level you come in with, you know, some kind of knowledge. You want to find somebody who speaks to you where you're at. Not, not too far down the road, that's not gonna help. And not too far back, you're like, that's not helping me either. I need someone to speak to me where I'm at. Right? And today we're looking at something very basic, but also very profound. And it's this idea that God meets us where we're at. God meets us where we're at. And we're gonna be in John 8 today, hanging out if you're taking notes. John, God meets us where we're at. And the story in, in Acts 8, it's a story about Philip and the Ethiopian. And some of you have heard this story, maybe you remember it, maybe it's new to you. Uh, but it goes like this. This is after Jesus, the book of Acts is after Jesus has come and gone. He's risen. He's now entrusted his closest followers to, to really start the church movement and go out and reach people for his name, to make disciples. So people are, the, the early disciples, early followers are spreading out and they're, and they're and proclaiming the name of Jesus. And they're doing miracles and they're healing and they're feeding people. And it's this really exciting new time. And Philip is one of these guys. He's a servant of, this, of, the, of the new church. He's been selected, he's an uh, upright guy, he's an amazing guy, he's, just, he's an evangelist, and, and he's been entrusted to go out and tell people uh, about Jesus. And this goes on with Philip, this is in uh, Acts 8. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means the queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in a chariot reading the book of Isaiah. So this Ethiopian uh, official was reading this book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go up to that chariot and stay near it. So Philip gets his prompting to go, to go south. Philip gets his prompting to go south. And we think about this, this a little backstory, a little context from where Philip is coming from. You kind of see this, this part of the world, and there's some ups and downs, there's some easy roads and some difficult roads. Where Philip is coming from is a little earlier in the chapter, in around verse 5. And this is what Philip's up to. So Philip went down to the city of Samaria, 
preached Christ to them, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. He was uh, uh, freeing the demon possessors, paralytics being healed, the lame were being healed. It said there was great joy in the city. So early on in, in, the, in this part of the chapter, we see Philip having great success where he is in, in, in Samaria. Right? He's, he's preaching, it's good news. Uh, people are coming to know Jesus, right? It's a place of great success. It's a place of alignment to what God is doing, right? This is a good place. It's a place where he was called to and is serving in. But God calls him here a little later on in the chapter. He says, arise and go south toward the desert. So as much as God meets us where we're at, we're going to see this with the Ethiopian. God also leads us from where we are. God leads us from where we are. And there's probably two roads the way that he was going, and uh, this would be one easy road, one difficult road, and, and God calls him to use the desert road. God calls him to use the desert, roof, desert route from Jerusalem to Gaza. And it would seem that Philip may be, like, arise and go south, like, Philip may take, may take objection to this idea. Like, what are you talking about, God? Look what I'm doing here. This is the right place for me. The ministry is going awesome. You're calling me to a desolate desert road? Haven't you seen the people getting healed? Haven't you seen the people coming to know you? But if God had a plan, and, and we believe he does, Philip wanted in on it, even though that place where he's at seemed good. God leads us. He meets us where, where we are. But he also leads us from where we are. And this is, a, this is easier to understand when we think about it in terms of um, leading us through the valley of the shadow of death or stormy seasons. Oh, God will lead you out of that. But sometimes he leads us, leads us out of and from the green pastures as well. Sometimes from that is a good place. So it's, oh, finally I'm here. I'm in a good place. I could stop listening. I don't have to go anywhere. I made it. I'm, I'm in the will of God. Philip was in the will of God. That was good where he was at. But God still prompts him to move somewhere else. And some of us have been walking for a long time. We've kind of just got comfortable like, ah, oh, I'm here. I found the green pastures. The Lord has lent, led me through the storms and the valley of the shadow of death. And now I'm here. I'm good. I'm not moving anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Because, hey, I got something else for you, Philip. I want you to take this, this other path. Go out down this desert road. Like, Philip's like, there's not even any people on that road. There's people here. But he listens. Doesn't even say he objects. He doesn't fight it. He's like, okay. If God has a plan, he's like, I want to be part of it. And that's just a good word for all of us. If God has a plan, he, you may be in the plan right now. That'd be great. Like, okay, I'm good. I'm in the plan. It's, it's good. Am I, am I in the plan? He's like, yep, you're good. But was he checking? He's like, hey, you're in the plan. It's been great, but I want to do something else. That could be, you know, work, relationship, you know, uh, friend base, you know, giving, uh, learning. It's so many areas of your life. Like, oh, I made it. God's like, yeah, I'm not done. I want to go somewhere else. Now, Ethiopia at this time, much smaller than mo modern-day Ethiopia, uh, and this Ethiopian official, this is a, uh, you know, this is a pretty important guy, a uh, person to be revered and respected. Uh, he, he works for the queen. The queen is a big-time character in this time of, of the world. Uh, Ethiopia, he's reading this book of Isaiah. It's kind of interesting. This, you know, he's reading the Hebrew Bible. And if we go way back to the time of Solomon, Solomon built this amazing temple. Some of you know this story. He built this incredible temple. And he invited people from all over the world to come worship at it. All these other nations would come. And one of the people who came to worship at Solomon's temple in Jerusalem was the queen of Sheba, comes from Ethiopia. So there's, so there's maybe this connection way back into the Old Testament. There was an exposure to the, to, the, to the God of Israel into Ethiopia. And so we see this guy, he has some kind of faith. He's come to Jerusalem to, to, to worship. 
And he doesn't know maybe exactly what that means. Uh, we're going to find out. He doesn't know about Jesus. He's like, I don't know. There's just been these stories about this God, and i got to get closer. And some of us are there today. I don't know. I've heard these stories about this God, and I, I guess people meet in church. So I'm going to get a little closer and just kind of see what it's like. This is the Ethiopian. He's reading, he's reading this text. And Ethiopia to Jerusalem is pretty far, like 500 miles. It's far probably by, by, even by way of chariot. Uh, and he comes, he comes to worship in this, in this city. And in this city, you've got tens, especially around the, you know, these, these festivals and stuff, you've got tens of, of thousands of different people who God would love to reach, right? And you've got Jews and Gentiles, and they're, all, and they're all hanging out. And this would be a great place maybe for Philip. But God said, hey, there's this one guy. This one guy in this desert, but I kind of want you to go talk to him. I want you to go talk to him. Again, this is a, this is a, this is a powerful person of importance. And he has a connection with the God of Israel that he maybe doesn't quite understand. But he had come to worship. He had come to worship. We all worship something, right? We are all worshipers. We are born worshipers. It's in our DNA. It's in our DNA to, to seek something to exalt, right? That can, be, uh, that can be money. That can be fame. That can be popularity. That could be uh, a God or your spirituality. That can be, you know, your self-image. We, we long for something to, to lift up above all else, right? We, we are, that's built into us. We're built in worshipers. God designed us that way. But the hope is it goes back up to him. But if it doesn't go to God, it goes someplace else. It goes to, uh, to, to a musician or it goes to a sports team. And you'll fill in the blank. It's, it's clothes. It's shopping. You're exalting something above all else. And this Ethiopian, trying to understand the Bible, he felt a longing to worship. He wanted to get, wanted to get closer to maybe where this, this God was. So Philip runs up to this chariot and he hears this man reading. And he says, do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. And this is a kind of a cool story. We don't really know how fast this guy was going. Sometimes the, you know, the, the cartoons or the images have him running really fast. I don't know. Maybe he's trotting along. Maybe he's running super fast and having this conversation. We don't know. He says, you heard him reading, right? He heard him reading. In the ancient world, it was common to, to read, read aloud. It was like a normal thing. So he's going along. He's reading to, to himself. And Philip leads in with this question. Do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? And God often, when he's going to direct our lives, engage in our lives, he often leads with a question. He prompts us with a question. Think about Jesus. When he'd go up to certain uh, people who were sick, say, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Uh, the woman at the well, where's your husband? Uh, um, can any of you worry about a single moment of, uh, if any of you worry, can you add a single moment to your lifespan? And he leads in with question. It causes us to think. God often leads with question. He leads us from where we are, but he often leads with a question. And the Ethiopian says, how can I? He's very honest right here. He says, how can I? Do you understand what you're reading? How can I unless someone explains it to me? Right? Which creates a little more of his backstory. He's not in a faith community. He's not being mentored. He doesn't probably have a, a, a discipleship group or guys he's kicking around with the Bible. He's maybe kind of done some of this on his own, a little bit of isolation. Gospel hasn't reached his area yet, area yet. And so he invites Philip to come sit with him. He says, come sit with me. I'm interested. I'm interested. And he goes through this passage of scripture that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading. And it basically is out of, it's out of Isaiah. And it says, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shear is silence. So he did not open his mouth. And it goes on. And it's, just, it's really foreshadowing Jesus. Foreshadowing Jesus. And the, and, and the Ethiopian asks Philip, well, tell me, who is this prophet talking about in Isaiah? Is he talking about himself? Or are you talking about someone else? Right? Is Isaiah the prophet going to be the one who's going to be like a lamb to the slaughter, or is there somebody else? 
And Philip goes on to share this passage of scripture, go through this passage of scripture, and he tells about the good news of Jesus. He, he just breaks it down. He breaks it down. Okay, let me tell you who this is pointing to. Let me tell you who the God is behind this, this story. And, and many of us can identify a little bit with that idea. Like, all right, I get an idea of a God, and it's, it's nature, and there's mountains, and, and there's trees, and I feel things. And you can, you can almost ask, well, do you understand where God is in that? Like, no, how can I if someone, unless someone tells me? Because we have this kind of, most of us, even those who are far from God, or even the, you know, the atheists among us, have sort of some sort of like, ah, be something out there. But how can I understand unless someone explains it to me? I love his honesty in this moment, right? Very honest. Some of us could use that honesty. Like, some people sit in church their entire lives and don't understand a thing. They don't get it, right? It's a lifetime of, of learning. It's difficult. The Bible can be challenging. Faith can be, can be hard. So we say, I don't quite get this. I don't quite get how people hear from God. I don't get how people make sense of the Bible. I don't understand prayer. Right? I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand why we lift our hands in worship. It's all part of our process. We should all have questions. I love his honesty. Like, I don't understand. So Philip explains this, all this to him. He said, please tell me, who is this about? He explains Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? Like, what prevents me? And we don't have the whole conversation, but what we can assume as Philip tells the story, so, well, Jesus came and John was baptizing people. Then Jesus himself was baptized. And he told us, go make disciples and baptize people in, in the name of the Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. And he opens, well, well I believe. What, what will be stopping me? And Philip would be like, well, you believe in this story? He's like, yeah, I believe. I, I believe in Jesus. I believe in this, in, in this God. And the Ethiopian gives orders to stop the chariot. Then, the, then both Philip and the eunuch went down. The Ethiopian went down into the water. And Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, again, this is probably a full submersion, come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the Ethiopian did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared in Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns he reached till Caesarea. And this is a great story for Philip. Right? This is going to build his faith. He's one place doing great. God calls him somewhere else. That place was not permanent. It was a mission. It was a, I got a mission for you, Philip. You're going to go back to doing some other things. But today, I've got a special mission for you. And I wonder how often we even approach God in that sort of context. Wow, what, what might God have for me today? Not for the next 10 years of my life, but what does he have today? Is there a mission today? Is there somebody today? Is there a person I'm called to today? So often we frame like, wow, what am I called to I almost easier and more specific question on the daily is like, who am I called to? Who are you called to? Could be a family member, neighbor, someone you don't know. Who am I called to? And Philip goes and he has this great story. And really for Philip, it's, it's his obedience that allows him to interact with God in this way. And we're called to be obedient to the part we're asked to play. We don't have to understand the whole story. He didn't understand the whole story. It doesn't even seem like he asked a lot of questions. That's, it's okay if you ask questions. God can handle it. He's kind of like, okay, go down this road, sure. He wasn't like, what are we going to do down that road? <laughs> he just started moving. He took the next step. Right? A lot of times a question for us, God leads. He leads with questions, but he leads us step by step. Right? You feel a prompting from God. like oh, I feel like I need to be doing this more or change this or this less or, or pick a new direction. And someone may say, well, where do you see that going? Like, I don't know, but I feel like I need to do that, take that next step. That's the faith. That's daily faith. What's the next step? 
And the next step for this, the Ethiopian eunuch here was, let's get into the water. Let's get baptized. Let's do this. I believe. He believes and is baptized. We're doing baptism in a couple weeks. We've got a fair amount of people signed up, which is great. Open to more. Uh, I just want to say, if you haven't been baptized and you, and you feel like, I believe, this is your time. This is your time. We'll have a little chat about it. It's your time. Maybe you're baptized as a kid or an infant. You're like, I don't know. It's been a long time. Maybe it was like a whole other time of your life. Like, ah, I, was in high, I was in youth group or college. And I'm in, I left God for a long time. This is my community now. That could be a great opportunity to celebrate. Right? Baptism is a celebration, a communal celebration. A statement before God and, and, and our church family. And it's a beautiful expression of the inward work of God in your life. Outward expression of the inward work. But God leads us step by step. And the believe, when we talk, what do we have to believe? Well, it's John 3.16. It's John 3.16. It's the gospel. That's what Philip explained. The gospel. Well, God loves so loved the world that he gave his only son. So whoever might believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the belief. That's where we start. Well, I don't understand, like, every book of the Bible. That's fine. You don't have to. I don't understand every book of the Bible. Well, I don't know if I'm ready. I, I'm still, like, kind of struggling with Hey, guess what? You're going to be struggling after you baptize as well. It's, it's, it's this expression of belief. Throughout the, the New Testament, how the worship team come up, actually. Throughout the New Testament, it's an expression of, of, of belief. Believe and be baptized. There wasn't a six-month waiting period. There wasn't ten weeks of classes. There was like, do you understand? There's a prompting. Like, yeah, I feel it. This is for me. And it's super exciting. Recognizing your faith before God and your community. And this Ethiopian went on his way rejoicing. So Philip left, and it didn't seem like he was, oh my gosh, I'm terrified. Philip's gone, what should I do? He's like, oh man, I got the joy of the Lord in my heart. And we believe he took that back to Ethiopia and spread that. And so God called Philip to touch somebody's life on a desert road. You didn't have to stay with him forever. He's like, oh, Philip, I'm going to need you to mentor this guy for the next five years. Now, go to him today, tell him about me, and then I'm going to move you on. And then this guy goes on, probably impacts a nation, because we just don't know. When we're part of God's plan, as small as it might seem, we don't know how big it can get. Go south to the desert road. Go south on a desert road? All right. Amazing story comes out of it. So I just want to encourage you with that. I, I've been trying to encourage myself with that on the daily. Talk about what Abigail was saying in this small miracle. Okay, it's a miracle that I even like, can hear God sometimes. Okay, wow, I feel a prompting in my heart. It's a miracle. That God knows me and might talk to me. That I might have a sense that he, he's, he loves me. That's a miracle. That I might walk in at the next step. What should I do today? Who am I called to this day? Baptism might be your next step. Belief before baptism. Maybe you're not even in belief yet. Maybe like, you know what? I kind of feel it. I don't get it, but I, I feel it. That's often how it comes about. So I'm going to pray for us and close out with a, with a song. God, thank you for this uh, story, our community. Gosh, thank you for including us in your plans, God. What a blessing. I pray for those right now who maybe just been in the same place for a long time and haven't even checked in, like, ah, is there anything else that you would prompt us, Lord, to be bold in our faith and take those next steps, even if we don't understand? Pray for those maybe who don't believe, God, that maybe there'd be a, a whisper in their heart even now. And as we move into baptism, the beautiful celebration of baptism, God, you would, you would call maybe more into that. You ping our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Be with us as we, as we close out. Your name, amen. Will you guys stand with us as we end the time of worship through music?